Welcome to the King's Chapel, Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. Luke 24, verse 35. Greetings to all those that are online, those listening, 1610 a.m. out in the parking lot on all our social media platforms live from Wasilla, Alaska. Luke 24, verse 35. And they told about the things that had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. Now, as they said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and he said to them, peace to you. But they were terrified and frightened and suppose they had seen a spirit. And he said to them, why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I, myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. Verse 40. When he had said this, he answered, he, pardon me, when he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. But while they stood still did not believe for joy and marveled. He said to them, have you any food here? So they gave him a piece of broiled salmon. It's the uh, Alaska version. Or halibut. Fish, nonetheless. And some honeycomb. Come on, somebody. And he took it and he ate it in their presence. Verse 44. Then he said to them, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you that all things must be fulfilled which are written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the Scriptures. What a verse. And he said to them, it is written, and thus it is necessary for the Christ to suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, verse 47, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem, and you are witnesses of these things. Verse 49, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. I want you to read verse 49 with me if you have the New King James Version. Read it out loud, bold, and proud. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. I felt like I was in the Catholic Church right there for a second. Verse 50, he led them out as far as Bethany. He lifted up his hands and he blessed them. It came to pass while he blessed them that he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. Father, move in power right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Normally we have notes, but not tonight. I wanted the liberty to step away from them. Not that I don't step away from them when I give them to you anyway, but uh, wanted the complete liberty. So sometimes people go into 
you know, OCD panic when I don't give them one of the blanks, and I wanted to spare you from that. If you struggle with that, be set free tonight in the name of Jesus. Amen. So I was talking to, uh, to um, the uh, St. Michael. That's what I call your husband. And um, he was telling me how he had just picked up a generator. And uh, I don't know. I think most of us have experienced a power outage. Some of you, some of you live maybe in a dry cabin with no power, and you ch chop wood and carry water. And and some some folks live like that in Alaska, and they prefer that. Wonderful. I'm really glad for power, electricity. I'm talking about. And um, I've in, we've installed in our house one of those switches, so you can put on a generator if you know you have a big earthquake or something like that, and you lose power. We don't have the generator just yet. But uh, generators are amazing. Thinking about power and, and praying about tonight, I, I can't get away from reflecting about our building. Our new building is, is absolutely amazing. And if you bring anybody into the building that knows about engineering and knows about buildings and systems and heating systems and energy and, and electricity and so on and so forth, it's astounding to see our building, which we will move into in Jesus' name. Everybody say fulfilled. fulfilled. Fulfilled is the word of the Lord for 2021. So you're going to, how many of you got some prophetic words that you're going to see fulfilled? Right. So we're going to move into this thing. It'll be fulfilled. We'll move in and we'll be screaming grace, grace and piled up in the front, weeping and crying in our first service, no doubt. We're closer than when we first started. Somebody say amen. We need about 10 to $13 million more. Uh, you spelled 10, T-E-N, and then million. M-I-L-L-I-O-N. Right, you can drop that in the offering or hand it to one of the ushers if you so desire. You can use secure methods online. Come on, that's a drop in the bucket for some people. I'm just so glad that we're, we're where we're at. We didn't have anything. Now we have a half-built $23 million. But you said that's more expensive than I remember. Yeah, I know. COVID, the cost of materials, everything's on the rise like this. You pray we're able to close this deal and get in. God's going to provide. You know, we got three days, three days before the steel went up by 25 to 50% a while back now. We got right under and got the, the cheaper prices. U.S. steel, I might add. U.S. bolts, not from China. No offense. We're not Chinese bolts. It's U.S. steel. Amen. We love, we love China. We love the Chinese. I should say we love the Chinese. Communism doesn't work so good. Energy, power. Our building has redundant plans of backup plans, but we have a these two gas-powered, natural gas-powered turbines. And some of you have heard this. When they turn those things on, so natural gas comes in and it turns a turbine which produces all of our own electricity. We make all our own electric, all of it. We have our own power plant. I'm not saying we're believing for it. We already have it. It's already happening. As we're speaking right now, it's operating right now. And the byproduct of that, how many of you know what a byproduct of, of any generator, of, of any turbine, you know what a byproduct is? Heat. So we heat all the water that heats the floor, that heats the building. And the engineering is so good that it, the building's too hot. I mean, we just have to, like, turn it down. It's amazing. And so as I was 
thinking about that tonight, and as I went and I you know, visited and looked at it, it's just astounding. And when we first turned it on, I held the, the water pipe where the hot water was coming in, the byproduct of the electricity that is produced by the natural gas turbines. I could feel it getting warm, and that's when we first turned the heat on, and I just started crying. I started weeping. I thought, oh my God, this is amazing. It's amazing. I want you to know that God has given us power to change the world. God has given us power to turn our lives around. God has given us power and calls us actually to be, use his power, the power of the Holy Spirit, to change lives. And I would say that Christianity without the power of the Holy Spirit, it's not the full message. This text is, it's so profound in many ways. God wants, well, Jesus told them, you'll be clothed with power. You'll be what? Clothed with power. Come on, you got dressed to come to church tonight, or you came from work, you got some clothes on. You'll be clothed. Some of you perhaps need some more clothes. You'll be clothed with power. This text is uh, so profound because Jesus says, he tells them, yep, it's me, and we'll look at it in some detail. And then he says, uh, don't do anything, if I could just paraphrase it, don't do anything until you have your clothes on. God clothes, the, the power, clothed with power. In other words, you cannot have, you cannot be clothed with power, which would then be a naked Christian, if I could just say it that way. You need power. You need to be clothed with power. Come on, some of you just need to etch your sketch that for a second. Just etch your sketch. Jesus appeared to his disciples. He shows up in the midst of them, verse 42. Settle down on the front row, Pastor Karen. He shows up in the midst of them. And that, that had to freak them out right there. He shows up in the midst, and in verse 42, he eats a piece of salmon, some broiled fish, and some honeycomb. And he appears with, with flesh and blood. And he says, it's not a spirit. It, it, it's me. Touch and handle and see. So he, he blows their minds. Verse 45, I, I had you repeat it. Some of you got excited. And he opened their, un, their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. I'm going to tell you, I... I first took Bible when I was in a uh, preparatory school, high school. It's the first Bible class I had. We read through all kinds. We cross-referenced and read through all kinds of stuff in Scripture. And I don't think I hardly understood one thing they said. My eyes were closed to the revelation of Jesus Christ being the crucified one who died in my place. I know Jesus on the cross, and I didn't call him Jesus. I call him Christ, and I told people, you know, his name's not Jesus, his name is Christ, but actually his name is Jesus, it's not Christ. But I didn't get it. How do you remember when all of a sudden your eyes were open and you realized, oh, whoa. It's, it's usually the time you get saved. You get born again. You receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And you repent of your sin. Remission of sins would be preached to all nations. The gospel means good news. And so for me, I recall 
when my eyes were opened. And everywhere I drove in my car were crosses. Everywhere. There were telephone poles. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you don't. Well, you, you will see a cross. Every time you see a telephone pole, there's a cross because there's a big pole and a cross at the top. And they were everywhere while I was driving. I'm like, there's crosses everywhere. I mean, I'd go into stores and he, this little bling off their neck was a cross on someone's neck. I'm like, oh my gosh, how many crosses are there? I would be like, go to the front door of my house and there's a cross. Come on, some of you will see it on the way home. Look, look at the closets back there. There are little our storage areas back there. They all have crosses on them. Those aren't crosses. That's a normal door design. Not if your eyes are open. I see crosses everywhere. And what I'm mindful of is that if God doesn't open your eyes, God doesn't open your understanding, you're not going to see. You won't be able to see. The world is blind to the truth of the gospel. It's blind. And we're to pray Lord, break off the blinding assignment of the devil. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and he puts a blinders on. Now, here's what I've also found. I've also found people who've received Jesus, they've seen the cross, they see the risen Savior, but they're blind to the power. They don't, they don't, we're like, well, I don't know about that. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 14 says this, but their minds were made dull. To this day, the same veil remains when the Old Testament is read. It has not been removed because only in Christ is it taken away. When I received Jesus, it was like this scales came off of my eyes. And all of a sudden, Scripture, all of a sudden, I, I couldn't stand really to read it. I had to read it for high school. Then all of a sudden, now I want to. I can't wait to. Hungry. Can't wait. Get back and read the book of Leviticus. You're so hungry to read the word. You're meditating in the book of Leviticus. Try the New Testament, man. It's amazing. <laughs> wow. There's a church that is rising that's full of zeal, full of passion, full of power because their minds have been illuminated, their hearts have been illuminated by the Word of God. I want to tell you tonight that there's not one problem that you face, not one difficulty that's in your life that God can't bring you up and over and through. There is no disease in all the earth or will there ever be any disease or any other pandemic that God can't heal and set us free from. We don't live in fear. We live in faith that God is on the throne. He's defeated hell and death and the grave. Come on, perfect love casts out, hunts down all fear. Perfect love casts out all So you should get your hopes up. Now, you, you might not be going so well. Well, maybe you've been making some bad choices, and then maybe the devil's been out your heels. You've come to the right place because you can receive power. You can get, some of you need to take your battery cables and hook up. There's there's power that's greater than sin, power that's greater than any of the, any of the devil has. He's a counterfeiter. God wants to illuminate you. He wants to give you a, a greater vision. And that's what he does to them. He gives them, a, he gives them a vision of what they'll be doing. Look at verse 47, Luke 24. Daniel, would you fish my spectacles out of my glasses, please? That's pretty fast. I'm impressed. Luke 
Luke 24 and uh, 47, if you're all there, say, woo! That repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name to all nations, all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witness of these of these things. Witnesses. They're to be witnesses. God does, doesn't just fill you with power and change your life so you can have a better life. Please hear me. He doesn't save you so you could just have a better life. He does care about you. He does want, he, he is moved by by the suffering and the difficulties that you're in. God's moved by that. That's why we, when we were yet sinners, Christ came and died for us. But he doesn't come to give you a better life. He comes to transform you, to make you into his image and likeness and to have attitudes that are different than you had, to take out the heart of stone, to put in the heart of flesh. And then he uses you, what? To be a witness, to be somebody that can share their faith. Now, I'm just telling you, it is absolutely about souls. And if you want an increase in God's power, you have to get an increase of vision. Vision. I'm going to tell you, you're left in the earth right now, and it's not to increase your 401k. It's not, not so you can just make more money and have a bigger house, because when you're dead, it's all going to go to somebody else. And a godly man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. Absolutely. So I'm not knocking that. You need to be a good steward. But it's not, Christ doesn't save you. Jesus doesn't save you, heal you, deliver you from your bondage so that you can have a better life. That is included. He will give you a great life. In fact, real life, life and life to the full. The devil comes, steal, kill, and destroy. I'm come that you might have life and life to the full or life abundantly. But the abundant life and the full life is more than a full bank account. It's more than divine health. It's more than having peace at night and a healthy marriage and a healthy relationship with your kids. It's all of those things included. But it is also, in fact, I think you can't really have a full life until you get involved in reaching the lost. And that, that can and include prayer. Witnessing, giving so that the harvest comes in, being a part. I'm going to tell you the reason God has blessed this church the way he has is because we've reached the lost at some degree, but God is calling us to go to another level. He's calling us to go to another level of being a witness. You're like, I don't want to hear that. Go stay in your cursed life then. I'm trying to help you. I could just feel like an irritation crackling in certain places. Maybe just online. So I don't want to be a witness. Well, you're being a witness for the devil. Do you remember that ORU student? Well, let me say it this way. Do you remember that guy that went to that tribe off of uh, in India? And they told him, don't, you cannot go to that island because they'll kill you. Do you remember that? It was in the news, but they didn't tell you the whole story. They didn't tell you. They, they told you this guy, this fanatic Christian, went to go. Yeah, they didn't tell you the whole story. He's an ORU student, Oral Roberts University. He had some vision from the Lord that if he would go and witness to reach this unreached people group, that God would use him. And he might actually end up being a martyr, but if he asked him to do it. That's what the kid said. And he went, and he witnessed to them on the beach before he was killed. He didn't even get into the island. They killed him, but while he was witnessing. We have no idea the result of that seed that would sow. He had a revelation that there was something more important than his 401k. I'm pretty sure he didn't have one. He had a revelation that his life was about reaching the lost. You know, so oftentimes we're so selfish. 
Maybe it's just me. I know biblically that's not true, but we all, we all struggle with selfishness. You have to put that thing down. And you have to pray that God would give you a revelation. It's a mosquito. Pray that God gives you a revelation. God is raising up a generation of people that are bold, not reeds, not half-hearted, lame duck, lazy, apathetic Christians who just want to ingratiate themselves. He's raising up a generation that would transform the world. Verse 49, the key verse for tonight and for the passage. Behold. Ugh, that's not a good didn't one right there. It's like, behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. The promise of my Father. But tarry or wait in the city of Jerusalem until you are clothed from on high. So there's a key ingredient here to be a witness in the way and the pattern of Scripture. I'm going to send you the promise of the Father, what my Father has promised. Stay in the city till you're clothed. I don't think that that's been emphasized enough. I, um, I'm amazed that in our lives, when we have the answer through God's word, holy writ, that many times we don't take the answer, apply it, press it down into our heart, down into our ears, and begin to declare the truth as opposed to yielding to a lie. I talked about strongholds and tearing down the nation's strongholds on Sunday, and it was sort of a, a sort of dupe to you because nations are made of family, and the, really re the real reason our nation has problems is because there's undiscipled people that are in bondage running the nation and, and in homes all across the land. So the key is transform your life, transform your family, transform your marriage, transform your kids, raise up world changers, and one family after the next, after the next, after the next, we can see a great transformation. And it can happen a lot faster than many of you might think. Come on, God can do anything. He swept, he swept this nation at its, at its birth through a, a great awakening in the northeastern part of our country. They didn't have internet. They didn't have email. They didn't have all of that stuff. Word of mouth spread. People came out to listen to people like Jonathan Edwards and, and different ones. They, they didn't have microphones. They didn't have sound men and, and speakers. They didn't, have, they didn't have music like we have it. They didn't have any of that. And they would, they would position themselves on hills and people would gather around. I'm talking thousands of people. And when they preached... I mean, some of you will start looking at your clock in the next few minutes. I wonder when he's going to land the plane. When they preached, when they preached, they went on and on and on. And when they, said, they, when they preached, they said something, deep theological truth. They didn't, have, they didn't have just cute leadership lessons. They had messages of conviction 
and you go, I go and read the, the sermon uh, that was preached at that famous church, uh, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. I mean, it's intense. And when he preached that message, there, there, you can go to that church, I'm told, I haven't been there, but you can go to that church, there are still nail marks from people's fingernails in the pews, wooden pews, not chairs like this. People thought that the bottom of the church was going to fall out and they were all going to go to hell. You say, well, that, that's not really popular these days. I know, maybe there should be more hell messages. Listen, if you don't have a revelation of hell, please hear me. You don't have a revelation of hell, then you don't have a, you don't have a, a real understanding of what salvation is. You've got to know what you got saved from. i got like 15 or 20 people that are excited about that. Are you one of those hellfire churches? Absolutely, yeah. Is there any other kind of church? Yeah, I guess, but there's, that's not the way that way in the Bible. Clothed with power. Come on, lift your hands to heaven and say, God, I want to be clothed with power. Stay until you're clothed with power. It's a command. And so I see people that just tolerate stuff that Jesus set them free from and don't actually tarry. They used to have tarrying services. How many of you... How many of you, you're, you're going to be more of the seniors in the crowd unless you were raised in Pentecost, tarrying, tarrying services. You, you know what a tarrying service is? That's when, that's when they would just come to church and they just get up in the altar and they would just like wait on the Lord. They would just pray and wait for the power and the fire to fall. And, you know, there were some things that happened that were crazy at those times. It was confusing for some people. I mean, you had... They knew, knew somebody would just give, receive Jesus and they'd come to the front and you have people yelling at him, hold on, just keep holding on. And then the other side would be, let go, let's let go. You know what I mean? Just all kinds of crazy stuff in church. But they did what, what doesn't happen anymore. They tarried. When's the last time? Don't raise your hand. Don't shout out anything about a Hail Mary or anything. When's the last time? It's rhetorical. Answer the question in your heart. When's the last time you waited on the Holy Spirit to fill you with power before you went on to do, go to work, before you went on to go to the job, before you got up to lead a worship set? When's the, la When's the last time, life group leaders, you, you, you're like, I'm working. Okay, but you could, come on, you could press in and receive an anointing, an enablement, an empowerment. You could receive clothing from on high if you'll tarry and you'll wait. And I'm going to tell you that most of America is lazy. Most of the church is lazy, not desperate. Oh, but have another pandemic sweep through. You're going to see some people really crying out to God. They got a people already freaked out. This is not the last pandemic. And the reason I called it a scamdemic is not that it's not real. It's real. I got it. It was lame. It's also underneath my feet and I'm immune. And if it sweeps through with the, you know, the next whatever, I'll curse that thing right now in Jesus' name. I'm going to finish. I'm going to fulfill the plan. Come on, fulfilled. I will finish the race. I will run the course. I'm not going to be afraid of that thing at all. I can't. I won't. I'm not going to. It's not in my nature to do so. I've received power from on high. And listen, I know other people believe the way that they believe, and I'm not condemning them. You're free to wear a mask. You're free not to wear one. You're free to stay home. You're free to come. Let the whole, I can't make you get saved. I can't make you serve God. I can't make you do anything. Let the Lord lead you. Obey him. That's what you want to do. Pray and obey. 
And I'm not looking down my nose at anybody. But I hate masks. Why? Finish the scamdemic. Okay, I will. I hate masks because I can't hardly understand what people are saying. That's one thing. Can you say that again? <laughs> Excuse me. And, I, and the other thing I realized, how much I look at people's mouth when they're talking. And now you can't see their mouth and like, maybe I need prayer for hear, maybe my hearing. And then I found myself being disconnected from folks that are wearing masks. And I'm, I'm not down on I'm just telling you me, it's, it's been hard for me in that way. I called it a scamdemic, not because it's not real. It's real. It killed people. It tried to kill me. It tried to kill Pastor Karen. It, it tried to kill some people up in here. It was real. Oh, believe me, it was real. And God brought us through and he healed us. I'm not saying that part's scam and fake. I'm not saying that. I'm saying it's so politicized and so jacked up and taken advantage to take our nation and destroy the economy. I think it's overboard. That part, I say, is a scam. My personal opinion. You have yours. Come on, someone say, I'm going to get clothed with power from on high. Hallelujah. Acts 1 and 8, turn there. Underline these scriptures. Get them in your spirit. We're going to look at some scriptures in Acts for these next few minutes. Do I need to correct anything, Pastor Karen? I think I shared this, but I'm going to share it again because I can. At the, one of the worst moments of COVID-19 for me, I was in my shower, and what, what helped the most was a scalding hot shower. I mean, like, way hotter than any normal person would have it, right? And I would just have that burning on my back, and it just, like, I don't know, it gave me peace, and I would be in there for and then it helped my lungs, esteem, and different things. And I'd have, I'd like 45 minute to an hour shower, and there was all prayer. And I remember I'm leaning against the wall, praying, God, you cursed thing. I command you to go. <laughs> quoting scriptures. Anybody know what I, when you're, when you're moaning and quoting healing scriptures, that's how you know a Pentecostal's sick and they need healing. Uh, and I'm praying, and I'm going back and forth. And uh, some of you know, some of you don't, but our relatives on my mom's side were missionaries to China. And so as I'm rocking back and forth, I start thinking, Chinese virus, Chinese virus. This is retaliation for preaching the gospel. I curse you, you foul thing. We're going to reach China. Come on, somebody say amen. Acts 1-8. But you will receive... Come on, say it like you mean it. You will receive power. Oh, that's pretty good. Pretty good. Try cocking your head and then say it. You ready? You will receive power. You will receive power. Come on, say it like you mean it. You will receive power. Power. Woo. When the Holy Spirit come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. To me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and other most parts of the earth. Go to Acts chapter 2. Matthew, Mark, Luke, Acts. It's uh, not in order. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord. One accord's a fascinating word. 
it means a violent unity. It means, it means that when, when they were together, they're not thinking about whether they left the iron on or not, because they didn't have an iron. They're not, they're not thinking about, huh, I wonder what Peter's making for lunch, you know. They're, they're not thinking about anything. Honestly, if you, you really understand what's happening, they were concerned whether they're all going to get crucified too. They were outcasts. They were up in this upper room, and they're like, if God doesn't come, the promise. Where's the promise? They have to wait 10 days. 10 days. Jesus didn't give it to them right away. And I always thought that that was interesting, that they had a hunger for it. If you've not been endued with power, you just showed up to church a minute ago. You know, maybe, maybe he's allowing you to get hungry and thirsty for it. We have such an instant society. But they, they waited 10 days. And they're with one accord. They're not thinking about anything else. They're not thinking about their next trip. They're not thinking about their next meal. They're not thinking about, you know, what's going on in the government. They're not thinking about, they're not thinking about anything but, God, you said you'd send power. God, you said release power. You said to wait. We need power. God, clothe us. Release the promise of the Father. Release the pro- God, release the promise of the Father so that we can be witnesses. Because without that, it's going to be really difficult. I'm really scared. But you'll give me boldness. You'll give me power. The gifts of the Spirit. Release the promise of the Father. I'm going to tell you, most people don't pray that way. They don't even think that way. That is the way it was for their first century church. And suddenly, <laughs> Jesus came and rescued me. And suddenly, a touch from he- Okay, verse 2. And suddenly, there came a sound from heaven. As a rushing, rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire. And one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And began to speak with other tongues. As the Spirit gave them utterance. Go to Acts chapter 8. Going to blow your mind with a bunch of scripture. Acts 8. Find verse 14 if you're able to. Oh, I love this section of my Bible. The pages are all wrinkled from preaching on the scissor lift in the rain. Those were great days. But no greater than the ones we're living in now. Acts 8 and 14. Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he, notice he is talking about the Holy Spirit, he had not fallen on on none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. They received the Holy Ghost. They received the promise of the Father. They received the power 
I'm telling you to live the victorious Christian life that God has called us to live, to reach this community, to change America. You can't do it with an intellectual Christianity. You can't teach demons. Demons need to be forcefully evicted, and you need to fill your house with the power of the the Holy Ghost. You need the Holy Spirit. I don't have the Holy Spirit. Well, I'm telling you, you're, you need it. And I'm, I'm telling I'm putting out, I feel like the Lord's telling me even now, put a warning sign out. Get hungry, get filled, because the days ahead are not like any other days we've ever faced before. And yet it's not, it's not God's problem. It's you. Come on, smile at me, you ugly thing. That's the people online. Listen, when you're convicted and you hear the word preached and you find yourself lacking, you find yourself, man, I don't have it like that. Don't get mad at me. You're, if you have a lack of power in your life, it's not anyone's fault. Get hungry, get thirsty, get desperate. He'll fill you with power. That is what is the story for every great evangelist, every great revivalist, every great move of God. It was a people who got desperate and hungry. They were tired. They were fed up. They had enough. And like, God, you've got to come. God, you've got to come. I mean, I know the story of Rodney Howard Brown. and, And the funny thing about Rodney Howard Brown is that story's the same for every great Revivalists throughout history, Maria Wordsworth Etter, all these different ones. You read up on history, here's what happened. Uh, and who's the number one selling, my utmost for his highest, what's his name, mom? Oswald Chambers. Oswald Chambers was a, just a regular Christian, Bible-believing, godly man. And I believe it was in a church in New York. He got so fed up with regular services and regular teaching And he saw the text of scripture about power. And he yelled, as I read from one account, while he's in the service, like a service not unlike this. God, if that's it, I've got the short end of the stick. God. And everybody's like, I think Oswald has blown a gasket. (laughs) Except if you know revival history, and you'll see the same thing with my friend Rodney Howard in a life group, cried out for God to fill him, cried out and wouldn't shut up, and God came with fire. Maria Woodsworth Etter, same thing. Over and over and over, I'm telling you, it's more than tongues. It's a baptism of fire. It's a a clothing upon you that will change you, will change your life, will change the way you see the word. It will change you. It changes everything. The power of the Holy Ghost changes everything. I can't go back to lukewarm, apathetic Christianity. I can't do it. I can't. And it might sound mocking, but I can't, I, when, when the COVID thing came out, I said, I, was, I didn't say this over the pulpit, but I'll say it now. I said, you know what? I think I'm going to go lick all the doorknobs in Wasilla. <laughs> Just run, run my hands over everything and lick my fingers. Whee! Like, that's kind of disgusting. I know. Then I got COVID-19. I'm like, what the heck? And I'm going to tell you what happened. I had some fear come on me. 
And I had to beat that thing back with the word of God. And my wife did too. And, and people that prayed for us. That thing comes with a spirit of fear that's big. Oh, you can die. Oh, you're going to shut up. You're going to die. Your lungs are going to fill with you. Good, you're going to be on a breathing tube. You're going to die. Shut up. And I didn't get the sniffle kind of the light fever and pass on through. I got the kind that went to double pneumonia. You know, I, I got that kind. God intervened. So I know it's real. But I'm still not going to yield to fear. If a man who, uh, a John G. Lake, in five years planted 500 churches without a cell phone, without email, without internet, without YouTube, without Facebook, without Twitter, without any of that stuff, 500 churches in five years, and he mostly wore a loincloth, and bubonic plague was spreading about, and, and he never got it. Now, I wish I could say that I had the testimony that I never got COVID-19, but I did because I know that scripture and I stand on it, which is the, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. And they had somebody who died and they were asking, how come you don't get bubonic plague? He said, well, take some of the foam. This is true. Take some of the foam from the mouth of a dead person. They did it. He said, wipe it on my hand. Oh, no, I guess they tested it first. They looked at the cultures under a microscope. It's alive. It's bubonic plague. He said, wipe it on my hand. They wiped it on his hand. They took it off his hand, put it back under the microscope. It's dead. And he said, the spirit of the law of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. Now, I don't know why I got COVID-19, but I don't have it anymore. I will not yield to fear. I'm going to walk in power. I'm going to preach it to you. I'm going to preach to you that you have to, don't have to yield to fear. You can walk in power. Can you say a better Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You know when I learned that, when it feels sort of stressful in a place? Because Pastor Karen and I were in like a horrible fight, which ha used to happen more than it does now. <laughs> and we were arguing, and Pastor Vince was in the back of our car. Oh, we're family around here. You think that we would behave ourselves? No way. <laughs> and it's like, we're going back and forth, and, and uh, we never let the sun go down on our wrath most of the time. And, and from the back seat, it's Pastor Vince. Hallelujah. 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 It's like a, it was like a black penny hen. Hallelujah. Uh, and I just turned around. I'm like, seriously? He's like, hallelujah. And we started laughing. Do you remember that? The fight was over. The power of God touched us. And I think we went on to go preach in that next church. Come on, lift your hands to heaven and tell them how hungry you are. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. You need the power of the Holy Ghost. Did we read Acts 8? Funny thing was, did we read it? Acts 8? Oh, yeah. Go to Acts 9. Funny thing was, I remember when Pastor Vince and Minister Abel were fighting, I tried that and it didn't work. <laughs> Minister Abel was like, Pastor, shut up.
What did he just, I don't know, Acts 9. You know I stopped singing instantaneously. Yes, ma'am. Acts 9, go to verse 17. That's actually not true. I don't remember that, but I'm sure it did happen. Acts 9, verse 17, if you're all there, say amen. And Ananias went his way and entered the house, and laying hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came has sent me to you. You may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, in all honesty, stomping there, if Jesus came and knocked you out of your car, or you fell out of your Volkswagen, or whatever it is, and you saw light, and he said to you, Saul. Daniel, Daniel. Yes, Lord. Or if I could quote him, yo. <laughs> what is it, Lord? Who are you? I'm the Lord Jesus whom you're persecuting. You know what would have happened, I think? I think Paul would have been, Jesus, ah, the crucified thing. Oh, that's probably true. Oh, God. Oh, God. I think he got saved. Pretty sure he got saved, like, right then. How many of you know Jesus appeared to you, started talking to you? You'd be a believer. And Pastor Finn says, that's what happened to me. It's a great testimony. Be filled by sent me to lay hands on you, brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road, sent me to lay hands on you. That you might receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, received his sight at once, arose and was baptized. How many of you think he received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, too? I mean, that's why. First of all, Ananias didn't even know that he was coming to town. But in his quiet time, he has a vision. The Lord speaks to him and says, I'm sending the persecutor of the church, Saul. He's on the street called Straight. And, and I've appeared to him. And I'm sending you to him to lay hands on him. There are people. He was three days blind at that point, Saul. And a man is so close, had paid the price of 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 intimacy with the Lord to be able to hear. Can you imagine the Christian killer comes to town and you hear so well from God that you would then go and greet him and give him the same message that he heard from Jesus. I mean, that, that's a pretty incredible prophetic gift. Amazing power of the Holy Spirit being demonstrated. He lays hands on him. And how many of you know if God spoke to him, gave him the name, gave him the address, showed him where he was, told him the plan and the vision for, for Saul... That when he laid hands on him, he'd not only receive his sight, he would receive exactly what the Holy Spirit, what, what God told him. The Holy Spirit. Wow. Go to Acts 10. These are key scriptures on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Acts 10. You all there? Say, woo! Verse uh, 44. Acts 10 and 44. 
while Peter was speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who heard the word. So while he's preaching, a Jew in a Gentile home, by the direction of the Holy Spirit, while he's preaching, the Holy Spirit on all who heard the word, and those of the circumcision who believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter because of the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured on the Gentiles also. Verse 46. Everybody say verse 46. For they heard them speak with tongues. Tongues is said to be one of the least of the gifts. But it is a gift that you need really bad. It's God, by His Spirit, praying through you in economy with your spirit, economically working with your spirit, the Holy Spirit, working with your spirit, praying the perfect will of God. And if you'd understand jurisdiction and uh, understand authority, you'll understand that God, I hate to use the word needs, but, but God looks for a man looks for a woman to partner with him. Someone who's been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his son. Because those who are in the kingdom of darkness, their prayers are not the same as a blood-washed, born-again Christian. And when you pray in the Spirit, when, when the Holy Spirit fills you and gives you a prayer language. Now there's there's tongues with interpretation, which is prophecy. Then there's tongues, which is, a, is your personal prayer language. Everyone can have that. Everyone. And what I've found, you know what I've found? There are people that argue that point, And there are always people that aren't filled with the Spirit. You ever notice that? They were like, oh, I don't know about that. Okay. Well, they don't pray in tongues. And they make, an, they make a theological argument to, to give... Uh, an endorsement for why they don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I've never seen someone with the baptism of the Holy Spirit argue, there, there might be out there. You don't want to make, make people feel bad. I'm not going to make you feel bad. I'm just going to tell you, you can have it if you want it. And there's blockages. Sin is a blockage. Some people are so mental. You know what I mean? They're just so analytical. that they can't get themselves out of their own mind. And so they're like, no, wait, I've the Holy Spirit. My hair has to stand on end. I was on a 21-day fast. I ate salad, so that must not be for me. I can't do that right now. These are great people. The Lord says, son, I'm opening up a new and living way for you. It'll be blazed like, like a trail. I'm coming to you. I'm coming to your home, says the Lord. I'm coming with fire. I'm coming with power. I'm coming to your dream life. And I'm going to begin to give you fresh messages from the throne. And I'm going to give you keys to unlock the hardest heart. 
you've sown much and reaped little by comparison. My God, the Lord says, the Lord says, the time of reaping is upon you. You'll continue to sow, but I'm going to bring in. There has been a delay. There's been things have been locked up for you. And the Lord says, I'm inter intervening tonight. And I'm going to blaze a trail, a new and living way. And I'm going to cause seeds, even from decades earlier, that have been limited. And you remember a time when you just really went for it. You were in agreement. You put it into the soil. And you were thankful. And you, and you weren't the kind of like, I give to get. That's, that, that, that wasn't, you just like the Lord told you to do it and you did it. And you didn't really see the full return that the Lord wanted to give. There was an assignment to try to hold back and delay the provision that I have for you. The Lord says, I'm wiping the slate clean. I'm clearing all, all, the, all the accounts. I'm going to clear everything. And I'm going to release supernatural provision. You are to get ready, to get ready to steward it. And I see an inheritance coming to you. I see a release of God's provision. You'll be wise, and God is going to bless you in a new and living way I'm making. It's going to be glorious. Seeds that you sowed that haven't got a harvest, they're coming now, right now, right, right now. They come now. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. You need the gifts of the Spirit. God doesn't call you to be powerless. He doesn't send you out to kill the lion and the bear with no power. Even David had a slingshot. God has called us to do amazing things. But if, he can, if the enemy can get you stuck in the mud and fighting at home and in discord. You know, we have a zero strife policy here. Do you know what that means? That, that means if there's strife, we deal with it right away. If, if, if we discover it. I'm going to tell you, to have a zero, you're not going to have any outpouring. There'll be no release of God's power if you have filled with strife in your home. You have to deal with it. So he won't listen. Maybe it's you. She won't listen. Maybe it's you, sir. We have the most amazing counseling department that's growing at an incredible rate. Minister Lori's over. It's called The Bridge. We can help you. Well, I don't want anybody to know my business. Well, then stay cursed and jacked up if you want to. But if you want to get free... You want to get free. You need some help. I'm so glad. Acts 19, quickly. Acts 19. Pastor Karen, she answered how many altar calls before you got baptized in the Spirit? More than, more, I mean, more than you could count, really. Six months of answering altar calls. You know what an altar call is? The front part here, for those that, that might not know, is called an altar. Okay? Altars are where the holiness of God meets the sinfulness of man. Altars are where God comes upon sacrifices, comes upon people, comes upon our hearts. So there is something about it. It's a, it's a sacred thing. We're not like, you know, any place can be. You can make an altar anywhere. I know your heart is an altar, okay? So when I say she came to the altar for six months, she answered, you know, if you need prayer, you want God to touch you, she would come in front, I need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. What was amazing is she didn't stay in a place of rejection. Some people, when they're, 
when they're so, uh, when you've been rejected a lot, and then the Lord doesn't give you what you're asking for within the first three or four times that you got it, then you'll make up a theology that says it's not for you, or you'll feel like, well, if the Lord loved me, he'd have just helped me right that right now. You're just spoiled. And he's getting you hungry. So you appreciate it. You know what I appreciate? I appreciate my house. You know, I had to work hard to get a house. And it, it's all by the grace of God also. You know what else I appreciate? I appreciate the amazing woman that I married. And you know something? I have a great marriage. We have a great marriage, right? We do. Uh. We work at it. Some of us have to work harder than others. We work at it. We pray for each other. We're constantly repenting. We're constantly, oh, sorry. Repenting, constantly repenting, constantly praying. And then we had kids. <laughs> and we had to work through that. And I remember when that first meconium came. Oh, I, you don't know what that is. I, I don't know what that's saying. But when that first one came, I was ahead of my house right there. I said, whoa, whoa. <laughs> no, no. She said, you have to. I said, no, no. I walked off. She knew I was in charge right there. And we learned to, learn to do children. We, you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit to be a parent. How many times has God saved our kids because we spoke to us, we prayed in tongues, we didn't know what to pray, just started praying in the Spirit, and then God brought about a miracle or protected our daughter. I remember my daughter Hannah got in a horrible car accident over here. Could have killed her. The devil meant to kill her. And it's 10 degrees out. She gets in this horrible accident. She opens the door to get out. It says ice fog everywhere. She opens the door to get out, and she's crying. She texted me while she's in the car before she got, Dad, I'm in an accident. And, you know, that's, and I try to call. Of course, she doesn't answer. And, like, I'm driving from Palmer, you know, 120 plus on my diesel. My daughter, man. You know what happened? She got out of the car. This is the story. She got out of the car, stepped on the concrete, said something like, oh, my God and instantly appeared out of the fog, Minister Barry. He happened to be at the intersection when it happened. He fell into her arm. He grabbed my daughter, and he brought her back to his heated car, put my daughter in my car. My daughter was not outside for not even three minutes. It was inside a heated car, helped the whole thing. Now, it was horrible. There was an accident. But I'm telling you, God will supernaturally intervene. You'll pray in the Spirit. You'll walk in the Spirit. Yes, there's problems. Yes, there's challenges. Yes, there's pandemics. And yes, there's coming persecution. Yes, all of these things are coming. But you will receive power from on high. You'll be clothed to be a, an agent of change. An agent of change. Transformation. Everywhere you go. Are you getting anything? All right, last scripture, Acts 19. It's 834. another hour. Uh, Acts 19. 
Are you getting anything? Kind of a flow. Holy Ghost service. You're about to get filled. Some of you haven't been filled before. You're about to get filled. I said, you're about to get filled. I should finish the story. Six months she answered. Acts 19, verse 1. We'll get there. For six months she answered altar calls. Come into the front. I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then, and like nothing happened, right? And then you're minding your own business, bathing, and then what happened? And then I heard the sound, some strange syllables in my head, and I opened my mouth, and they came out. I remember when you got baptized in the Spirit. You were super amazingly beautiful before that, but you had something else after that. Shine, Jesus, shine. There's something about there's something about someone. Those who look to him are radiant, radiant co-women's ministry. We called it that because if you ever see somebody that really lifts their eyes to the Lord and gets baptized and filled afresh, they actually glow. They look different. There's fire coming out of their eyes. There's something different about them. Somebody said, what's different about your church? That, that, that's what's different. Unashamedly, unabashed. Power of the Holy Ghost. Do you have to get so preachy? It's just kind of my personality, maybe. And, you know, you stick your finger in 223 phase, you're going to get electrocuted. God's touched me in a way. I can't deny it. I'm not backing off. I'm going. I'm going to go for more. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. Leading people to Jesus every week, one-on-one, reaching people. Come on. God wants us to reach souls. It's all about being filled with power to change the world. Resist the devil. Resist sin. Yes. Acts 19, verse 1. And it happened. While Apollos was in Corinth, that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. And finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said to him, What? We've not so much as heard whether there was a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, Into what then were you baptized? They said, Into John's baptism. And Paul said, John, indeed, baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Listen, now the men were about 12 in all. Fascinating. I'm telling you, you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And when you get hungry enough, you don't care if when I give an altar call here in a minute to get filled with the Spirit, you won't care whether your neighbor next to you is going to go with you or not. When you realize from the Word that you need the power of the Holy Spirit. And listen, we need to be filled every day because we leak. We need fresh oil every day. So, if you want the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, you want a prayer language, you have not had that yet, and you want it, Just come right now. Yeah, some guts. 
Come all the way up to the front. Come all the way up to the front. There's others. There's others. So now listen. The first thing, please, please hear me. More are coming. Minister David's helping us somewhere. Just fill in here. Just don't double stack. David, can I get you on guitar? Oh, good. So remember I talked about blockages, right? So one blockage is sin. So you want to get sin out of your life. How do you do that? Repent. 1 John 1, 9, confess your sins to him and he's faithful and just to forgive you. To what? Forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Sin makes you unrighteous and it, it hinders the flow of the power of God. And, and sin will cause you, if it's unrepented, unrepented sin can end up taking you to hell. And if you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you got to do that, all right? So all across this place, those online, those in this great congregation, those up front, Examine your heart. Let's take care of some of these things for you. Examine your heart. All right. If you're not right with God, you know you're not right. I'm going to lead you in a prayer of repentance. You're going to ask God to forgive you. And you're going to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. In the congregation, those up front, those online. So you say, that's me, Pastor. I'm not right with God. In fact, I've never given my life to Jesus. Okay, do it now for the first time. Or maybe you drifted. Not as on fire as you used to be, and you got compromise in your life. You're going to recommit, all right? You ready? All right. You're going to give your life to Jesus first time. Number two, you're going to recommit all across this place. Pray this with me, and there'll be others praying and affirming your faith. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place, to rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin come into my life. Wash me. Cleanse me. And make me new. Write my name in Lamb's book of life. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Now, theologically, please understand, for those who are paying attention, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside your heart now. But that's not a baptism. Baptism is a saturation, a filling up within and a coming upon. It's, it's different. It's different. So, you've just prayed. All that are up front here, look at me for a moment. You've just prayed, and I'm telling you, according to God's word, as surely as I'm a man of God, you prayed that with sincerity, then your sin is gone. All of it. All your lying. All your... You say, well, seriously? Yeah. Yeah, that's why it's called good news. Come on, somebody. Let that sink in. Your sin's gone. So God, when he looks at you, he doesn't see what you did. It's gone. It's paid for. You deserve death for what you did. So did I. Somebody died in your place. His name is Jesus. And you received his substitutionary death. And just as Jesus rose on the third day, he makes you anew. He makes you alive. John 3, born again. You must be born again. So if you prayed that with sincerity or made a recommit, you've been born again. That's, we've gotten that out of the way. Number two, we looked at scriptures tonight where people came, Gentiles, Jews, 
The people came, they had hands laid on them. Peter, when he was speaking, the power of the Holy Spirit fell and they prayed with other tongues. Over and over and over. You'll see that tongues happened when people were filled with the Holy Spirit or it's inferred that it happened. So you have to receive that by faith. You have to receive, well, Jesus wants to fill me with his Holy Spirit. I mean, he said right there, wait in Jerusalem. This is your Jerusalem. Welcome to Wasilla. It's your personal Jerusalem. Wait, tarry, till you're endued with power. So now you're asking, okay, I've got no more sin. So now, God, I want to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to receive my prayer language. I want to be baptized. You ask him for it. So you've got to remove theological blockages. You remove sin. We took care of that. You remove theological blockages. Well, your grandmother said that's from the devil. God bless your grandma. But she was theologically inaccurate. So sometimes people hold on to that thing because grandma said there's no praying in tongues. Tongues are from the devil. And so you have in your heart, but grandma said, okay, grandma, well-meaning, God bless her. Lord, Lord bless her. She's in heaven, hallelujah. She didn't have it right theologically. And there's a lot of people like that. They just believe what they believe, not based upon the word of God. I've given you the word tonight. So remove all doubt, push it out of your mind, quit making an argument about why it can't happen for you and get hungry and ask God right now to fill you with the Holy Spirit. Come on, ask God. Ask God, fill me right. Say, Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Come on, open up your heart. Fill me with your Holy Spirit, God. Hallelujah. Now, one more thing, and I'm going to come and lay hands on you, and you're going to get filled with the Holy Ghost. You're going to get it filled with the Spirit, with the evidence of praying in tongues. Look at me, every eyeball up front. Look at me. You ready? Because your whole life's about to change, all right? I can't come over to you and make your mouth move. God's not going to come and grab your tongue and wave it around. I've known people who's like they put super glue on their lips. They're like, I want to get filled with the Spirit. I want my prayer language. I mean, they, they're not going to say anything. Their mind constantly arguing with them. If you're going to have sounds and syllables come forth, that is that's the Holy Spirit playing I can sometimes when he plays and to others also I can sometimes get an interpretation of what he's playing just lose yourself for a second
<laughs> he was leading the life group. <laughs> he was leading the life group years ago. And all the people in his life group started getting filled and baptized with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues is the initial evidence of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. It's not the only evidence, but it is does appear to be, theologically, from the Word of God, the initial evidence. So tell, tell the folks what happened. So yeah, people, people get mad. And I mean, I got mad because I was laying hands on people and they started speaking in tongues. And I had been filled with the Holy Spirit to my knowledge. And I got really, really upset with God about it. So on my lunch break, I worked on top of a mountain at a satellite tracking station in Hawaii. Greatest job ever. <laughs> and you know, they had all these mountain trails out there and I went on that trail. And I was like, God, what's wrong with me? Why won't you fill me with the Holy Spirit? Why won't you give me the gift so that I can speak in tongues? And, and I just started worshiping God out of my desperation. I just started worshiping and worshiping, and all of a sudden, the worship wasn't enough. And I couldn't tell God how great he was and how thankful I was for what he's done for me. And then all of a sudden, I got hit with something. And, and I stopped using my words, and I got... I just started ticking. It's the only way I can explain it. Just the most powerful tick in the universe <laughs> changed my life. I mean, I felt all this heat. I felt all this excitement. I felt all this joy. I mean, other people weren't as happy about it as I was, but <laughs> but I was ecstatic about my tick because I knew it was. I knew it wasn't me. I knew it was, I would never come up come with on, that. I wouldn't do that. That had to come from God. And it was like, and it felt like my head was exploding on my table. And I went, whoa. And God, my, my language has grown. Okay, and I, and that, but that tick has been with me. If you listen real close to me, you'll always hear that tick. Because it's still there. And God is still speaking to me. And God is still sharing revelation with me. I mean, I just took off with him. And then people were amazed around me because all of a sudden, not only did I understand what I was reading, but I could explain it to people. It, it was crazy. And I have this, I have this anointing for people that don't speak Christianese. I could talk to them. And I could explain to them about a relationship with a God that they've never spoken to before or talked to before. And God came upon me like that. And he's given me ability to spread that to other people. Now, about religious people, I can't help them. But, <laughs> but for somebody that walked out of a bar right into a church and got saved, I can help those people. Beautiful. Put your hands together for Pastor Jesus. I'm trying to, look, it's like... It's like a tongue-talking clinic. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you. It's a powerful gift that you need. God praying through you. His Spirit praying through you. One of the main reasons I pick on Pastor Vince to share that is it just removes all of that mumbo-jumbo that you have to sound like you're speaking, you know, French or Swahili or something. You're not going to sound like anybody else but yourself. Now, there is one common word that we hear in many people's language, prayer language, Shondai. I want you to say that. 
Shanda. It's Chinese and it means something. I don't know what it is. Here, say Shanda again. Ready? One, two, three. Now you've prayed in tongues. Pray again. I'm, I'm, I'm messing with you. I'm teasing you. A couple quick things. How to be clothed with power. Obey God. You've done that tonight, right? Number two, have an expectancy. You can feel that a little bit in here. You can feel like, ooh, this, ooh, I've answered altar calls like this before, but I think this is it. I think this is it. Something's happening. Expectancy is the seedbed of miracles. Praise God. That's what Pastor Vince is saying. Learn to praise, praise and worship and begin to thank Him. We'll do that in just a minute. Have a hands laid on you, which is what we're about to do. I'm about to come with my hands and lay hands on your head. Me and Pastor Karen. Pastor Karen, you ready? Come on, girl. Please ascend to the altar area. Okay. You're going to have hands laid on you. And then... Here's how I said it. Let the Holy Spirit speak through you in tongues. Let the Holy Spirit. In other words, you have to participate. Joseph Garlington, I think this is the second reference I've used uh, in, in the past couple messages here. Joseph Garlington's wife, uh, when she got baptized in the Holy Ghost, she didn't get a tick, and she didn't get a whole bunch of Shondai's. She got boop, 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 boop. And the pastor, the pastor laying hands on her goes, that's different, but I think you got it. We went to go moving on. Don't have a preconceived notion about how it's supposed to be. Just listen, this is a safe place. Nothing strange is going to happen here. I'll tell you what's strange is when a church doesn't have a display of power, supernatural healing, signs, wonders, miracles, when cancers don't go, when people don't get delivered, when people don't get saved. Look what's happening here. A whole altar filled with people that are like, man, I want the Shondai. God, I want, I want to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. This is a great thing, and I commend you. All right? Expectancy, praise God, have hands laid on you, and then be open. Be open. you got to participate. I'm talking right now because I'm opening my mouth. You're going to have to open your mouth and let sounds out. You're going to turn this off and open up your heart. Out of your belly. I'm almost done. Out of your belly. The Greek word for belly is koileia. Out of your innermost being will flow rivers. Not out of your head. Not out of your thoughts. Out of your innermost being. Come on, stand up on your feet all across this place and begin to praise God. Come on, begin to praise God. Thank Him. Come on, you can be headed to hell. You've been born again. You've been washed. You've been cleansed. Holy Spirit. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.